0: Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks podcast presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush.
1: What is going on, everybody out there? Welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks Podcast. Andrew couldn't join us today, but that's all right because we have such an amazing guest. I think I'm just going to give her the floor and let her tell us everything about Google Ads that we want to know today. But before we get into that, I got to let you know about our episode sponsor, Wingman. Wingman is your all in one marketing, sales, and automation software that helps you streamline your communication. And grow your business, which is what we're all about here. You can check them out at TrustYourWingMan.com. But first things first, we have to tackle the hard issues and ask the hard questions. So we're going to get in there with an icebreaker. Today's icebreaker is, what is a memorable advertisement that you remember seeing? I can go first if you'd like. Okay. All right. Because I had this one queued up because I wrote the question, so I get to cheat a little bit. So this advertisement, I don't know if it's the best advertisement because I've been looking all morning trying to figure out what it was actually for, and I, I can't find it. I've even looked through old magazines. I think it was in a popular science magazine, but I haven't found it yet. But it was a kid on a bike wearing a blue shirt with white letters that said, I love the simplicity of this game. Bring me your finest meats and cheeses. And it was just hilarious to me, but maybe it wasn't the best advertisement because I can't remember what the product was, but it was a very <laughs> iconic image.
0: <laughs> Gave you that emotional impact. Huh?
1: Exactly. I think it was just something crazy
0: nice yeah you know what i really like these days is the um chrome commercials where they Mm -hmm. like they cut from person to person and everyone's looking at their screen like their faces are dipped way in yeah yeah, and everyone's all uh uh (laughs) yeah what are they doing and then they're like uh we remember your passwords for you because you can't you know (laughs) yeah yeah
1: that's a that's a good one
0: (laughs) it's a crack up because everyone has that moment where like oh yeah they're like what's your password i'm like ooh. I don't know. I put my fingerprint on it, and it yeah, opens.
1: <laughs> I put my password in six months. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's definitely memorable. I, I love a good memorable advertisement. You know, just there's so many good ones out there. Everybody's trying to be catchy and memorable. So
0: I like the ones that tap into happiness.
1: Yes, hmm, I do too. Those those are fun. All righty. Well, today. You've already talked to her a little bit. We've already heard from her. We've heard that she has great insights on the tough issues. But now let me tell you a little bit about her. We have an exceptional guest. Her name is Sharon Park, and she founded Sage Digital or Sage Digi in 2018 to revolutionize businesses with transparency and technology. Two things that I care a lot about. Her mission is to provide smaller business owners with solid technology advisory services for their online advertisement programs, your Google Ads. With 15 years of experience in advertising, including working at Google, so listen to what she says today, people. Sharon has led strategies for major brands, and she's even produced remarkable returns, seeing a 22 in one return on ad spend. She's set a new standard in online marketing campaigns. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. And her passion for helping entrepreneurs, it stems from her family's small business background, something else we care about here on Business Growth X. And so, join us today as we go on Sharon's transformative journey and gain valuable insights from her expertise. Thank you, Sharon.
0: Thank you for having me on your show. What an honor.
1: Absolutely. we. I enjoy so much just talking to business owners each week and marketers and just hashing out the tactics. And, you know, I learn a lot. And I, I, I like to think that our guests and our audience learns a lot every single week. So, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, I... I think that business owners are the cornerstone of our economy, small, small business owners. Yeah. And we lay it all on the line Mm -hmm. to create jobs. Yeah. We have, you know what it's like to carry payroll on your shoulders. And so anything I could do to help create some economic value I hope to do it during this next half hour.
1: Awesome, awesome! That sounds great. So I see you kind of got the entrepreneurial bug from your family there. What Mm -hmm. what kind of business did your family run growing up? Oh my
0: gosh, what didn't we run? Oh man! Um, (laughs) So my sister and I, you know, we were those kids with like lemonade and carrot cake and whatever on the on the street. But my mother is a registered nurse. Okay, she was a nurse for thirty years before she retired. And she started at a certain point, she left the hospital setting and she started an infant daycare.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Which was, I mean, what mother wouldn't trust a registered nurse with their baby? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she would just do amazing things for the moms, like write out like detailed medical reports for the baby, oh, like wow. like your baby had X cc's of water today, or milk, or whatever, and like wow. like the poop quality was excellent, like that oh, kind wow, of that's stuff awesome. that nurses think
1: about. Hey, that's stuff you kind of want to know, right? <laughs> oh, she had a she
0: had a waiting list out the door for her business within months yeah. of starting it. My father had a consulting company. He's an engineer. Oh, awesome. He's a hardware engineer turned software engineer. And they worked on like 3G, 3G oh, okay. kind of technology, but right. in the late 90s. I was
1: going to say, back before it was even out, I'm sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Kind of well rounded there, so yeah, you you kind of just naturally got into entrepreneurship there. It seems because that was the example before you. That's awesome. Uh, are any of those businesses still running, uh, except your lemonade stand, of course? I'm sure you oh. still got that going.
0: Oh, we always have a side hustle going. My mother's, re- both my parents are retired. My sushi, my sister owns a sushi restaurant. Oh, nice. And um, my brother's a financial advisor, so we're cool. still on the hustle.
1: Yeah. that's and I, I love it. Small business is the backbone of America is one of the taglines in our other show, Small Business Origins. And in that one, we more so just talk about the business owner and their origin story, how they kind of became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to start this show out with a little bit of that, just so we kind of know who you are and where you came Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how did you get into managing ad campaigns from that background?
0: You know, the job that I do did not exist when I was in college. No. In college, I studied violin performance and oh. history. Um, so I was in graduate school studying history, I was a major in Civil War history. And um, I needed to take a break from school, it was too yeah. many hours with my nose in a book. And my friend there, he was such a nice guy, Rob Rakoff. What a loving person. He said, why don't you try getting a job for a year, take a break from school and then come back? Yeah. I was like, Okay, yeah, I'll try that. And so he introduced me to someone who was at that time head of HR at Google. Okay. And he's like, it's not going to be a great job. I mean, you're going to answer an 866 hotline all day long, but they're nice. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll try it.
1: Yeah.
0: And so that was 2006. Um, They interviewed me about all kinds of things, like what is great customer service, working at my sister's sushi restaurant. You know, I knew a couple things about customer service and they let me have a job answering the 866 hotline. For Google wow. ads. That's how it started. Wow. That's awesome. But, you know, the fact I talk,
1: that you started answering a phone for Google is amazing to me.
0: Oh, we were yeah. we were tap dancing on that phone, too, oh, Well, I yeah. was tap dancing. There were so many smart people there at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was very intimidating. So I studied as hard as I could to learn about advertising yeah. and just learned on the job.
1: Nice. Have you ever seen the movie The Internship? Yeah, it, it's okay. totally true. Is it like that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was wondering. I love that movie, so I would hope it would be something like that.
0: But- I mean, imagine being like, you know, a poor kid and coming out of grad school, so I have nothing but debt, you know, yeah. and then going to Google, a billion-dollar, now trillion-dollar company. Right. And, you know, just... My yeah. mind is totally what, blown. What is
1: happening here?
0: <laughs> yeah, is this life. Yeah, they're so, hiring 400 people every Monday. That's uh, yeah,
1: that's crazy. Back then, wow, wow. So I know you kind of told us a little bit, but what was it like working for Google? Is it the experience that you know the dream job that everybody thinks it was? What a gift!
0: Yeah, it's a it's a total gift, and there's hardships there too. For sure. Mm-hmm. Just oh, like yeah. any job. Mm-hmm. But really the gift is in rubbing elbows with the caliber of people. Yeah. That doesn't exist anywhere else in the world in that concentration.
1: Okay. At like least. the
0: woman on my right was an Olympic sprinter. Mm-hmm. And the woman on my left, I mean, I think she was an MD. My manager was an attorney turned into, I think he was, I think he worked for the president's office, oh, wow. but my manager was an attorney. He worked for the state department, but then he became a manager of the 866 hotline. Wow. But people were there because there was something magical to experience. Yeah. and But the level of imposter syndrome was also huge.
1: I, I can see that because, yeah, I feel that myself these days just posting on social. So, yeah, when you're in actual circles where people have really accomplished stuff that you look up to, you really feel inferior, and that imposter syndrome can take yeah. over quick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because that is a thing that we don't talk about that much, especially as small business owners and doing your own marketing and and you're looking at some bigger companies for milestones or, you know, guidelines. And Mm -hmm. you may think, oh, I can never do that. But maybe you don't need to do that, you know. You got to stay specific to your business. You're right. Mm -hmm. So when was that transition I know you work some other places as well, I believe. So, when did you actually get into starting Sage? Did you? Mm. How did that transition?
0: What a gift! Um, it's a story I don't tell often, but. Uh, sometimes so I'm from I'm in Santa Cruz. We okay. have like a lot of like woo woo going on here. That's a yeah. part of our culture. OK, so we talk about the universe and the gifts of the universe a lot. Yeah. And but I'm not from that background. You know, I'm from like a Korean immigrant background where like work hard and, you know, work hard, right. save money. But I had dreams of quitting my job. I was so tired, mainly from commuting. it was an el nino year i was sitting on a bus three and a half hours a day trying to get over the hill to google Mm -hmm. and i had a terrible injury a neck injury from surfing and i was just like i i can't work anymore i'm so tired Mm -hmm. and so i had a dream about quitting and i was working up my nerve to do it okay the next day my boss was like oh are we gonna have that nine o'clock meeting and i was like yeah that's strange but yes of course So we have a meeting. and He was like, "Ooh, while you were out, there was a reorg and your position was eliminated.
1: Oh, so now I have to do something else.
0: (laughs) But my my first reaction was to cry. I was crying like a little girl because I'm like, oh, my gosh, they don't love me. They don't care about me. You know, those kinds of feelings. But then they're like, but you will be there's two roads. One is you could apply for another job. We'll give you two months to, to look internally for another job, which is a long amount of time. Yeah. Or the other road is you get some severance for every year you've been at Google, which at that time was 10 years. Oh, wow. So I like dried my eyes and I was like, well, how many dollars is that?
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so
0: I got, you know, that severance check, um, uh, unused vacation time, Mm -hmm. you know, all, all of that. There was a check at my front door for all my unused vacation time. On my last day of work like that's how tight their operations are yeah they're ready and like i was gonna quit anyway what a sign what a sign that it's time and now i have like a safety blanket to do it with Mm -hmm. a lot of people i know went to mba school it just wasn't for me. I just, I think I've had enough school. So, but they invested like a hundred grand into themselves to further their careers. So I'm like, I'm going to invest a hundred grand in myself Mm -hmm. and start a business.
1: That's awesome. I love that you gambled on yourself like that because so often we're afraid to do that. I I think that's I commend you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. But I wasn't even swinging for the fences at that time. Right. I was like, I'm just going to see what's up. I'm probably going to fail. So when the money gets short, I'll just start applying to other jobs. Mm-hmm. But it never happened. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> it just kept growing from there. Yeah. Wow. So so uh, through all that time, <laughs> you're you're developing different systems. And I know even the way that Google operates has changed a little bit, and especially in the past five years, but... You know how how did you stay up to date with all those changes and mm-hmm. develop strategies when you were you know beyond Google, when you had moved into Sage?
0: That's a great question. I study all of the news updates that come out of the business. So we also advertise on LinkedIn, Meta, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, We read a lot about, like, in search engine land, whatever's new. I talk to a lot of industry people on what are they trying. Fundamentally, though, Google AdWords hasn't changed that much. Right. There are a lot of new bells, bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of betas to always be testing, but right. the fundamental search aspect is still there. So, but yeah, it's, it's good to always test the new features. Like um, yeah. this time last year, they're rolling out their performance max campaigns. Mm-hmm. So we put it to the test. Initially it was a bit wobbly, yeah. but, but now it's doing much better. So it's always good to test the new tech.
1: Right, right now
0: the conversation's all about generative AI. Mm hmm. So I watched their keynote about it. I've been I have my uh, Bard and my open A.I. side by side. I ask him the same question. Yeah.
1: To see what it.
0: Yeah. To see how different they are. There was yeah. a time when um, Bard, Google's A.I. was giving out competitors ad spend. Oh, wow. And then they buttoned, they buttoned uh, it up yeah. really quickly.
1: Well, I bet someone probably gave them a call <laughs> on that one. Uh, don't tell people that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Okay, yeah, I, I, I figured that would be the answer because it, that's usually the only answer to a question like that is the only way to stay up to date is to read. And so if you're out there listening today, you're going to have to read or
0: probably watch a video. It's probably in video content now. Oh, yeah. Content. And the customers teach us too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll say, I heard this, or we want to test this. Do you want to try it? Yeah,
1: that's awesome. So let's get into a little bit more about Google Ads. And Mm -hmm. I guess let's start from the beginning. How do you set it up the right way?
0: Okay. Fundamentally, Mm -hmm. okay, I got to just start from the very beginning. It's super important. There's a man named Hal Varian. Okay. And if you're listening, it's worth Googling him, Hal Varian. Hal Varian. He is the chief economist of Google, okay. and he designed an auction to reward people who build ads the right way. And there is only one right way, okay. which is to make sure that the search term that someone's looking for, your keyword, mm-hmm. is in the ad copy. That term is also in your URL. Mm-hmm. It's featured prominently on your landing page, and your landing page is good. Uh, you can't have like a 98% bounce rate on that landing page. There needs to be some value delivered there. So when people get there, they'll hang out for like 20, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And, um, when you do that the right way, you create this virtuous cycle. You get a lot of Google brownie points, also known as quality score. Okay. The higher your quality score, the less you have to pay per click.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: So, that yeah, that relevance. Sense. You kind of
1: get yeah, relevance a priority. That yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Okay, so yeah, cool. you got to make sure that you're setting it up fundamentally and. That's a duh, right? Because if you're not putting those search terms in there, what are they searching for? What are they finding you for? So yeah, but but it is and it so is isn't, it isn't. It's yeah. like
0: not because because people get creative, especially mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. We're highly oh, creative, yeah. right?
1: I have named some dumb businesses and bands in my day that <laughs> I was not going to compete with the marketing budget that I had on some of the terms. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. people will you know, have ideas that seem bright without understanding the fundamentals of how Google works. Right. So I think really doing it the right way is if it's not your career, let someone else do it.
1: Mm. Well said. Uh, We say that a lot on this show. Hire experts and let them do their work.
0: Well, I think about it like uh, stocks. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, during, during the pandemic, people were bragging. They're like, Oh, I made 50% on this stock. I made 80% on this stock. But in actuality, active trading leads to the hugest loss in wealth. Mm-hmm. And, um, putting the, putting your money with a fund manager, a fiduciary who's responsible for bringing you gains mm-hmm. is the best way to gain wealth. And it's, it's the exact same concept with Google ads. It's a, it's a complex, complex yeah. environment.
1: I'm so glad that you worded it that way because I think that is a vein that our audience will understand completely the financial side of things. And Mm -hmm. so when we can make that correlation to the Google ads, I think it's going to make it make a little more sense for our people out there. So I'm so glad that you said that. Um, How do you get high returns from ad spend? Mm
0: -hmm. Returns on ad spend, it's, it's... The approach is tiered. Okay. So you have your core brand name terms, you have your Mm -hmm. core services. For example, let's just take for example, you have a website that's selling uh, phones. Okay. But you also sell Mm. chargers, headphones, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: Accessories. uh, Car mounts, whatever.
0: But the highest ticket item is likely what's gonna give you that margin. Mm-hmm. focus on the core business terms first. They will be expensive yes. because high ticket items are, is a valuable search term. Mm-hmm. But focus on those campaigns. Bid what you can afford. Mm-hmm. You can even set like your target CPA, your target cost per acquisition. So if a phone to you, your profit margin $400. So you probably want to acquire it at less than 100 Mm-hmm. Then you got to pay shipping. You got to pay your people. You got to pay your taxes. So um, setting that target CPA bidding is good. You mm-hmm. can eke it up week week over week or every couple of weeks. Maybe you try, can we get more volume if I set the target CPA at 110? Mm-hmm. Well, what's that difference? What about 90? What's that difference? You know, volume yeah. versus profits. But um, s- staying focused on the core business first will lay a foundation for you. Yeah. then Uh, take a little bit of your profits from marketing and then invest it to see if there are other profitable products in your roster. You might even, you might even change what products you carry based on that profitability with ads.
1: Yeah. We, we kind of did a similar thing here at our agency. We, we ran an ad for a service, but we realized that people don't, aren't really that interested in that service. So Mm -hmm. we shouldn't even run this ad. We need to run a different ad because Mm -hmm. people are clicking on it, but We're getting no sales because they're not interested in it. So, you know, something
0: something that um, is kind of a tough pill to swallow, but it's Mm -hmm. about thinking above up the funnel, Yeah, not just people who are ready to buy, you know. And so in the middle, not just brand awareness, but in the middle, there's a teaching opportunity to your customers or your future customers. That campaign, a campaign where, you know, if someone is looking to learn about the differences in, you know, the Pixel 7 Pro versus like the iPhone 14, 15, Have a 10-minute lesson about it. Get a free consumer report about it. Let them download it and engage with your brand and build trust.
1: Yeah, and I want to add on something else you said a minute ago about that landing page. Mm -hmm. A good way to get people to sit there for 30 seconds is a 30-second video. Most of us will invest that much time into anything before we make a decision to bounce. So if you want to increase that sitting time. A video is a great way to do that because they're going to sit there and watch it for as Absolutely. long as the video is. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. And there's so much you can feel from a video versus r- reading copy.
1: Right. Like if we were just talking to each other via phone style where we could just hear each other's voices, granted, we could have a conversation and get a podcast done. Mm -hmm. being able to see you and see that you light up when I say this or that or that intrigues your interest, there's a lot of nonverbal clues there. And that that also speaks to the power of video. We can talk about that for a second. But, yeah, video is a very important factor to use and especially in your advertising and those landing pages. I'm so glad you said that. They are key. Mm hmm. And then while we're talking about websites, you know, there's another thing in the websites that we need to set up called Google Analytics. Is there a way or can you talk a little bit about how analytics and ads connect? Oh
0: It is foundational. It is more important than doing your ads right. You gotta get the analytics right. I actually have an ebook called GA4 for Marketers. I'll give it I'll give it to our listeners for free.
1: Awesome. I'll put that Uh, A link to it.
0: Yeah. And it's just a simple playbook, a checklist of what your web developer can do to set up those custom goals, right? Analytics is over. We've moved on to GA4. Mm Mm-hmm. And GA4 is more flexible, more customizable, but there's also less canned reports. Okay. What we're used to seeing. So you have to set up those custom goals. Okay. Um, So I'll give you the playbook, but.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. All of ads, all of digital ads is about data. Yeah. And so we have to feed the ad beast data and it needs to be clean data. Right. So we're sending back like these are the number of purchases made from mm-hmm. clicks from ads. But if that goal isn't set up the right way, like let's say your thank you page isn't firing correctly mm-hmm. and we're, you know, overcounting and sending that data back in. Google's thinking, oh, wow, this is a wild success. I should spend more money on these keywords. Right. So getting that analytics right, even if you don't pay for an ads expert, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely invest a few thousand dollars in paying for an analytics expert and have them walk you through test conversions. Watch it happen.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's great advice right there. I I love that. And talking about the new GA4, man, that that's something that I really haven't heard a lot about yet. So Mm. I'm glad that you're bringing it to the table here because it is it's a different beast than Google Analytics, but. I think one thing that it really addresses is those vanity metrics that we are so used to seeing Mm -hmm. throughout the past. I hate them. I know. They they do me no good. I don't care that there's a million likes on this. I really don't. We got zero sales from it. It's completely unprofitable. Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I see a lot of decks floating around from other agencies that say like, oh, we reached like 22 million people with this campaign. Mm -hmm. And thus we extrapolate that it is good for your business. Right. Um, And that just, it doesn't sit well with me.
1: Mm -hmm. It could
0: be good if it's the right eyeballs. Right. Yeah, it could be.
1: Yeah, you could very easily have just made a a bad brand reputation with people who weren't going to buy from your brand anyway. Mm. And now they're annoyed that they're seeing your ads because they don't like you in the first place, you know, oh. and, but you put, yeah, yeah, yeah target it's audiences. Like, yeah.
0: It's like those all state, all state commercials. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I'm like, so over them. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going there. I, mayhem. <laughs> I know. And that, yeah. that's the kind of ad I don't like, which is fear. Yeah. Right. Fear-driven ads, I'm like just get out of here. I don't want to see I, that.
1: Yeah, I don't like that either because I feel like it's manipulative for one mm-hmm. because okay, I can play off of your fear all day, but what good did that do you honestly, you know?
0: We're already scared. Get give people some comfort.
1: Yeah, that's let's, let's, let's spread some more joy and happiness. I'm on board with that 100%. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is the word algorithm gets thrown out there a lot. Mm. It is, they're an algorithm that comes into play with the Google Ads.
0: There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> All, okay. All an algorithm really is, is um, kind of like algebra with multiple vari- variables. Yep. That's there's, a great there's an
1: explanation.
0: An X, <laughs> yeah. There's an X and a Y. So for, okay, half half the listeners probably have checked out that I don't like algebra, but yeah. all it is, is something that will make adjustments based on multiple factors, yeah. such as your landing page, your mm-hmm. keyword, your bid. That is your bidding algorithm. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, uh-huh.
1: I just said all that just to bring up to reiterate why that foundation is so important. You know, like this is the engine that runs it. The algorithm is how it works. Yeah. And if you do the things it's looking for, when you check the boxes, they like that. Mm-hmm. Check the boxes for them, set it up the right way, do what they're looking to find that way they use you and put you out there in those search results too. And as well as your ads coming across to the right people.
0: It's yeah. very interesting working in this space mm-hmm. because the algorithm can adjust itself and give you benefits and you can see the benefits increasing even over the course of a year. Wow. So it doesn't move. It's not like a light switch.
1: Right. Yeah, it, I know. It, and I, I think that's one thing when it comes to ad spin that a lot of people were apprehensive about. It's that, I don't know what I'm spending my money on. If they don't know ads, they, yeah, you know, they don't know what they're doing and they feel like, Oh, how do I do this? And I think that's where we come back to that. Talk to your experts, get you some Mm -hmm. experts involved, make sure things are set up foundationally the way that they need to be.
0: Absolutely. And a good agency or freelancer, they're going to give you value from the first call.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So look for that. They're like, Mm -hmm. have you made me, like I told you my budget is X, it's $10,000. So they should come with a plan. What are Mm -hmm. you going to do with it?
1: Yeah. How are you going to allocate this so that we get the most return out of it as well?
0: Yeah. And you can give them a little bit of info, like this is my budget. This is what I want to do. So can you come prepared with some intel?
1: Exactly. How, so you had something that I really found fascinating because- It makes perfect sense to me, but I hadn't really thought about Google ad campaign in this sense. But Mm. you said something of think of it more as a program rather than a switch that you turn on and off. Mm -hmm. And so can you just talk about that a little bit more? Like elaborate, please.
0: (laughs) Sure. So Google ads, as with all software driven ads, it's a living it's a living thing like your garden. Okay. You have to trim back branches that are not bearing fruit mm-hmm. so that more energy can go to the fruit bearing areas. You have Ooh. to pull weeds. Those are your negative keywords, right? You got to make sure irrelevant terms are not like costing you much money. Um, and that kind of work takes dedication. You know, yeah. you see that one dandelion growing in your backyard and you let it go for a week, then what happens? Mm-hmm. It takes dedication and time. It is non-binary. So, and and also non-linear. I don't know if this is getting like too in the weeds, but.
1: No, you're fine. I, Google loving.
0: behavior is not, it's a non-linear program. So you're not like, if I give you $10, you give me a hundred, which means if mm-hmm. I give you $20, you give me 200. That is not necessarily true. Right. We're working with a dynamic auction where millions of advertisers are bidding for a spot. Competitors come and go all the time. De- market market um, conditions change all the time. Hmm. So it's, it's definitely something where, like, paying attention to it, at least weekly for an hour, looking at all of your stats, making sure your profitability is there, is definitely hmm. worth it.
1: Yeah, so there we have it again. You don't know this, but... That statement, knowing where you're at, has been said so many times on this show. And I just want to reiterate again, you got to know your numbers financially, as far as your mm-hmm. analytics are concerned, what kind of people are looking at your stuff, what kind of people are clicking on it, all of that. You've got to know those numbers.
0: Yeah. And, and it's a business owner's responsibility to ask. Mm -hmm. but it's a marketer's responsibility to show them the correct numbers and not assume that a margin equals profits.
1: Ooh, that's good stuff. So
0: sometimes marketers are quite junior- they're like, oh, well, I sold you this phone. You know, you made $400 off of it, so that equals profit. Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know about taxes, you know? You yeah. don't know about shipping, returns, broken inventory. You don't know those numbers. Aww. So the business owner needs to bring to the table, this is the profit per unit, so mm-hmm. you need to work within that. Give me a five to one.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good, good, great advice right there. So how can business-to-business advertisers – really hone in to the Google ads and really see that money crank out.
0: I love that you brought that up. B2B is hard. Yeah. B2B has a long sales cycle. So I'm in media. We're in media, right? So media is actually a shorter B2B cycle, usually Mm -hmm. 30 30 days. Somewhere in there, I'd say. Yeah, because when they're ready to buy, they'll evaluate a few different partners and then they need to get going.
1: Yeah, usually by the time they're contacting you, they're ready to start yesterday, so... Yeah. Right. it's much shorter, but yeah, bigger ticket items or, you know, I'm just thinking of some industries that we work with. You got to educate those people on why they need to buy your product.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So a longer sales cycle, let's say, for instance, you are a logistics company and you offer, you know, solar energy and backup batteries for large scale operations like Commercial construction. Mm -hmm. How many people are in market right now for that? Oh,
1: I I don't know of any, honestly. I could probably find some if I made a few phone calls, but yeah, I don't know of any off (laughs) the top of my head.
0: Chances are in B two B, and this is backed by a LinkedIn study from their from their research institute. Mm Ninety eight percent of customers are not currently in market to buy.
1: Wow. 98%
0: so they 98% of your future customers they don't want to talk to you today yeah but do they know that you exist
1: right have you made that brand awareness have you put out there that you are here and are you a beacon on a hill
0: exactly Mm -hmm. I love the beacon on a hill analogy but like have you given them any value right your ads should be giving them some sort of value it's, so let's yeah. go back to the middle of that funnel. You don't have to, you know, if you're a sub hundred million dollar business, you're not yet ready to do a giant spray and pray campaign. Right. You need to, you know, be thoughtful, target those decision makers, yep. um, have them interact with your ad because they're you're giving them. A case study, um, some sort of video to watch, something that says, hey, like we, we value you yeah. and we value your time. Invite them to a webinar. Yep. Here's the impact of extreme heat on construction sites. And here's an example of how one of our customers were able to help their crew by having cooling stations using these portable units. Mm-hmm. It's something that we all have to be thinking about in that business. So minus well teach them.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And offering education this is important. Totally. totally. Yeah. Offering this to your crew means that they're going to come back tomorrow. You have less turnover, more loyalty. Like you're going to see business owners. You're going to see that ROI right away.
1: Right away. Yeah. I, I think that also just stems from the initial, our general marketing, you know, uh, Standard operating procedure is um, niche down and always be specific. Create for the consumer, you know. Mm -hmm. You you want the end goals first and work backwards from that. How do we get here? And so this has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot about ads today, and you've put some things – You've said them a certain way that's going to help me to talk to clients about Google Ads in the future, so I appreciate that. and That's so nice
0: of you. That's so kind of you to say thank you. Um,
1: But before we end this and wrap it up, every week we're always asking for that hack, you know, that Mm. one thing that really kind of just set everything apart for you. So I'm going to roll this sound effect, and then if we can get your hack.
0: I love it. Our hack today is to get your ads people to give you give you a one click solution to asking mm-hmm. what is my return on ad spend?
1: Mm-hmm. I like At any that. point.
0: A it should be on click. your phone. One click. It should be on your phone. How yeah. much should I spend and how much did I get?
1: I, I like that a lot. That is Thank you so much for leaving us with that because that is great, a one-click thing. Just overall concept and all of your marketing here, simplifying. simplifying is better. Don't give so many options. I used to want to give every option, but what I found out is a lot of times on that front end, you kind of need to limit the options before you see what options they want because if you start showing them a bunch of stuff that they're not even going to care about, you're kind of wasting your time for one and they're not, it's not going to, you've got no ROI on that if they're not interested in it. So,
0: And simplification is the hardest thing. Yes. It's, it's elegant. Mm-hmm. So it takes the most work.
1: Yeah. You're right about that.
0: You're so humble. I'm sure you're bringing the right stats to your people. Oh, I'm a hundred percent confident. Always. 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 Usually
1: I'll look at them and be like, yeah, I would even go like 10 under this number just to be mm-hmm. safe. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's why people with integrity belong in this business.
1: I think it, yeah, I think there should be a prerequisite. I know that we had ethics classes in college about, you know, design and all that and doing design work, and I, I thought it was very important that those existed then, but even more so, it's a crazy world out there, and digitally, you can do so much, and if you had ill intentions toward people you could do a lot of bad but mm-hmm. you could do just as much good with the same tools that you know don't throw away the apple because eventually it'll be a core mm-hmm. yeah
0: mm-hmm. well, well thank, said
1: thank you so much for being on the show today is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience uh i would like you to let us know where we can reach
0: you yeah we'll put it in the link to the show okay, you can awesome. reach me on linkedin sharon park there's not too many of us sharon park and i worked at google so you'll know <laughs>